0: And so that's when it comes to Facebook, we are like, okay, five ads, this didn't work, this didn't work, what didn't work, we make those changes and put those creatives back again because of the learning. But here it's more about the combinations of assets. So assets is not just an image, it's also a video, it's also a headline description and everything. So how does a description work and that whole combinations that have been created, then we give those inputs.
1: This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business.
2: Hello and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. I'm your host, Tom Meredith, the VP of Marketing here at Tier 11. Today I'm joined by two of our media buyers. They're also our super Google experts. And for this episode, it's our normal what's going on, what's working now in Google Ads. Welcome, Sered Arash. how are you guys doing today?
0: Really good, and I'm so excited to be back on the show.
2: I know, it's been a while. Where are you these days? I know you've kind of been moving around quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I was in Singapore, and then I have come back home just to relax. It was just a bit of a hustle, and bustle in Singapore, and now I'm back in China.
2: Excellent. Well, I guess we could just hop right into it. What's working now in Google Ads?
0: Everything is working and everything is not working, I think. <laughs> so it's more about testing, experimenting, and I think it's more lately about experimenting with a lot of new things that have rolled out, especially, you know, brand was yesterday only in our Google expert teams, we were talking about the brand exclusion and restriction, the new feature that's rolled out how would that be? Every new rollout of feature results in us experimenting and testing how it would be, like. So yeah, that's how things are on Google. It's always something which is working now, probably not be working in the next two months. So you have to keep testing.
3: Google is continuously launching these new features and I am very excited to test all of this and see how it impacts the performance of the account that I am managing right now. And it's very interesting. Last week itself, Google launched a few new things. There are a couple of new things that are scheduled to come on. So very exciting times.
2: You feel like when they drop these new things, things get incrementally better? Or sometimes when they have like these big launches like PMAX, everybody gets super excited, but then there's so many things that were unexpected in it. You feel like these like small little Changes are slowly making things better.
3: So the latest thing that has been launched by Google last week is a brand exclusion and brand restriction. One is for search and another one is for performance max. So with brand exclusion, you can actually exclude the branded traffic from performance max and brand restriction is more in search campaign. Google is promoting more to use broad match keywords and Use the brand restriction feature to restrict your search term to brand related terms only. So, yeah, I feel both of these features would be very useful going on because in Performance Max, we have seen that it's cannibalizing branded search campaigns and it's getting the conversion, getting all those attribution from the branded campaigns and things like that. And this is a feature which I would say I had been waiting for a very long time. So I'm excited to test that it's very early to say how much impact these are bringing. But yeah, I'm very excited. What about you, Rajna?
2: So for me, as like somebody who's not in Google every day, can you explain like what brand exclusion and brand restrictions are?
0: So I'll take that. Brand exclusion is basically the types of targeting that we do on search. So there is a targeting, which is a non-brand. Non-brand is the people who have not heard of the brand before right and then the brand is people who are specifically looking for that brand so for example if i am looking for a shoe then i would go for running shoe. that's non brand but if i am looking for specific nike shoe then i would go and look for nike and then so the nike nike would be the branded term so one usually what we do is that we run campaigns specific to the non-brand or brand so When we run a brand campaign, then we do phrase match brand campaign. So in that, what happens is sometimes other keywords, other search terms that would have popped up under the broad match would have not targeted properly. So this feature allows us that we can put the brand keyword as broad. Earlier, it was not something that we could do because otherwise it would attract so many irrelevant search queries that are not brand terms. And so that is why this feature allows us to test the brand keyword as a broad while making sure we only wanna go after the brand traffic.
2: Got it, so if I were to simplify it, make sure that I show up in
3: more brand searches but only good ones yeah they have to be your branded terms within it it's like a more aggressive version of phrase match you could say but it would not completely go after those non-branded traffic and you know mix up compete with those non-branded campaigns in your account so there would be separation it will still restrict into the brand and usually what i used to do like for the branded campaigns i used to always prefer bidding strategies like enhanced CPC bidding or which is in uh, manual CPC bidding, but Google still enhance your bid sometime if it would see room for better conversions. So I used to always prefer enhanced CPC bidding because we have seen across our multiple accounts that when we are using smart biddings in branded campaigns, we used to pay so much high, higher for CPA. And when we switched back to manual bidding we get control over the bids and that reduced our CPA a lot while maintaining that search impression share. So that is something that is a strategy that used to do very well. So now it would be very interesting to switch those branded campaign to broad match keyword, go back and to maximize conversions or target CPA even. And then add that brand restriction in place and see how much it outperforms that existing enhanced CPC campaign. That would be an interesting test that I'm looking at right interesting. now.
0: Interesting. It's actually, you know, something opposite of what we are used to do because I remember nine out of 10 experiments that I've run on brand for testing two different bidding strategy between a smart bidding and ECPC is always one. And so now going back to that thing, and now I'm going to be using smart bidding and also have to test this how it would be like would be you know.
2: Well, that's always the thing when you're media buying—is you always gotta go back and retest your ideas over and over again because not only does the market change, but really the algorithm and the different platforms are updating constantly. I know on the Facebook side, when instant experiences first came out, we had like very little success with it, but Facebook continually improved it, improved it, and if we had just stuck with our original experience, of it not working, we would have missed a whole boat of opportunity. But now that constantly going back and trying it each time they drop a new release really helps us to stay on top of things. Are there any other small updates that have really made big changes or that you're really excited about?
0: One thing I want to say is like not so much that I've been used to doing negatives. I don't even remember when was this time when I was just constantly going to the underground and putting in negative, negative, negative which I used to do two years ago, it's not a thing anymore. So I remember this one time when the client was like, you know, you have to put so many negatives and it's not a thing anymore. Now it's because more about the intent, unless it's completely opposite, like you are selling oranges and the search term is popping up for Apple. So you can put Apple as a phrase and put it as negative. But negatives, like, thing are not so much into use and it's a good thing that the ai is actually getting so much better in identifying the intent and we as media buyers don't have to every every day we have to go and filter out the negatives so that's a good thing brand match is going to be the future and also, negative keywords are gonna, I think, we have to say goodbye to them soon. You won't miss them. <laughs> no. <laughs> if the AI becomes so good at things, which is also scary, becomes good at what I do, some part of me can relax and chill because it's more about the intent. And all these tools and the features that are pop up, like what Surit said, that their brand restriction can only be used if your keywords are all broad. You can't use that feature if your keywords phrase are phrase or exact. So it's also one way of Google pushing you to...
3: It makes me think like going ahead like one or two years later, maybe Google can completely switch all over to the broad match and keyword match types would not be a thing anymore. I mean, how things are looking like that in non-branded search. Previously, if you ask me two to three years back, what match type to use, I would probably say you exact match or use always phrase match, never use broad match. But now in 2023, if you asked me like for, okay, I want to test non-brand campaign, I have this decent amount of budget. I would always say if you have a good budget and if you're willing to, I would say broad match is where to go with a proper conversion based bidding strategy right now so broad match has improved really 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 well now i still see some advertisers to stick on those exact and phrases for now but i would really say that give broad match a try try it through experiment and see whether it's bringing up performance in your accounts and interesting times
2: yeah oh I'm one of those guilty advertisers because you know sired you're running uh, the tier 11 Google ads and I keep like pushing the for like exact and phrase match and would you suggest that we test out broad match?
3: Yes, and it's not that exact and phrase is not relevant anymore. I mean, sometimes in certain contexts where the market is highly competitive and the CPC is a really, really high, exact and phrase match, if you really know your audience, if you really know your target customer, what they exactly are looking for, I mean, I would still still say exact and phrase match is where to go. It's not, comp- I mean, with broad match, you have to have room for, Testing. I mean, you have to have room for let Google optimize the campaign itself using the conversion data that is getting. I mean, with broad match, it's not like we run on it. In broad match, put a target CPA and from the next day, we are getting all this conversion within target CPA. So it's not like a magic bullet. But if you know your customer really, really well, and exact and phrase is where to go. And in fact, in some niche like personal injury, Oli was talking in this niche, he had a cost per click of $980. I think we have also saw it for Mike Moore's law firm as well. For those highly competitive niche, I would still say exact and phrases are where to go because on those niches, like if you just turn on broad match and give a bunch of money, Google going to spend it in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: It's like Russian Jolai. When it comes to broad match, sometimes Google is sitting on that other side and just going to collect all the chips.
2: So if broad match is working so well right now and we have a campaign that's mostly set up for exact phrase, how hard is it to switch it over?
0: One more thing before sort of the answers that is on um, the keyword match types are more now, not exactly to that term, it's more now based on the intent. So how the intent will be matched with your keyword. So not the words anymore. So earlier it was what the words were like. So if you say that the exact match type, it's like, how exactly should the intent be matched with the search term? So that's something I wanted to clear. So if you go back to broad, it's going to be, you know, matching to other variety of intent with the one that you provided.
2: Well, I think that's something that kind of goes to your other point of like, if the AI keeps getting better, you can relax a little bit. Well, maybe it's not relaxing. it's It allows you to think like a marketer more. What's the intent? I don't need to know all the exact words. What's the intent of the people that I'm trying to get? And that will help guide your work going forward. But going back to like, how do we switch over? Like, how does that go?
0: Google's given you a very simple button, one button you have. You put turn it on, and everything's gonna go broad. It's like a magic button.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so Google has introduced that one-click broad match upgrade in the settings right now. But also, like, still for advertiser, we're still skeptical. I think the best way to switch into broad match is through experiment feature that Google Ads already have. So you create an experiment, campaign experiment of your original campaign. So your original campaign still keeps running with all the exacts and phrase and everything you have, how you have set up before. And then you create a variation of that campaign and use broad match keywords only with smart bidding and let it run for, say, 30 or 45 days with a 50% traffic split. So your total budget would still be the same, but 50% would go to your old campaign and 50% would go to your new broad match experiment. And after 30 days or after 45 days, if you see that broad match variation is really bringing in value, then I think it's best to switch over. Sometimes it's not 100% that sometimes... You create a variation and it did work in the first time. Sometimes you may have to adjust how you set up that broad match campaign, how you set up your CPA targets or ROAS targets. Sometimes you have to keep modifying on that experiment campaign till the time you get that mark, like where you have... A broad match campaign ready to roll and it's performing better i think that would be the best time to switch and in fact with experiment feature like there is functionality where you can just directly apply everything you did on the experiment on the original campaign so yeah i think that is the best way to transition
2: okay let's do one more thing on broad match here nitesh has a comment that i was curious to what your thoughts were he's suggesting we'd never use broad match in new accounts always start with low CPC and maximize click bid strategy at least for a week or two. What's your take on that?
3: So if your account is new and it does not have a conversion data, like you have created the account new, it does not have the conversion action recorded and it's completely new, I would not suggest you do broad match keywords. But if you had been running ads for quite some time now, using phrase match, exact match and getting conversions and you have a decent amount of conversion data, stored in the account i think it would be perfectly fine to switch into broad match what do you think Krishna?
0: i'm still thinking about maximize click when was the last time i had actually recommended maximize Click? (laughs) you know so whenever somebody says like there's a new account i'm gonna do maximize click and i'm like maximize click is something that i would definitely not recommend let's not even talk about the broad match or exact match so Maximize Click, definitely a big no-no. The reason is also that when you are getting more data, you need to also get those learnings and data points of the conversions. So what Maximize Click does is just get you the clicks. Until the click is the learning that the bidding strategy holds. And so you don't want to do that because at the end of the day, even after five years of you running that account, you will ample of data your goal is not going to be just maximizing clicks. Your goal is always to get conversions, right? So ECPC, that would be so much better because it allows you to get more data and so maximize clicks. All
2: right. And we have another question here from Moet. Curious if you guys know the answer. What happened with smart ads? Whenever we start, it's showing a location or areas in the search term report. Did you try as we cannot add any
3: match type in smart campaign? I mean, Google deprecated that product and graded it to performance maps as much as I am aware.
0: Smart ads is something like which is used by local ads and not strategically. Like if you have a very small budget, you're an amateur, like don't know anything about Google Ads really works. You just tell them that this is my landing page. You don't have any... Access to the livers you can pull. If certain keyword is working, can you give more budget towards that to go and get more conversions? You're just completely relying on Google Ads. And so, thing one is when it comes to agency, there's less number of agencies who's actually doing smart ads. The reason is always because they're so limited. When it comes to agency and bigger accounts, smart ads, not people don't really use those campaigns. As much smaller accounts with very small budget to spare, specific locality is good to test that And so, yeah, definitely, I think it was upgraded to Performance Max. I think I'm not updated on that. And it's still
3: there. The local action part, like where you drive traffic to your physical location, that part Google has migrated to Performance Max. But if you're a beginner trying to run search ads, have a very small amount of budget and give it a try, then smart ads is a good solution for you. Like, especially if you're a business owner, don't know the nitty gritty of Google ads and don't really want to go into that and just want to see how Google ads performs for your business. I think smart ads would be helpful for you. But yeah, if you have a decent amount of budget and if you're serious about marketing itself, then I don't think smart ads is the answer. It still gives lot levers into Google's hand and you just specify your products and specify a few of the keywords that you have and Google run the ads on their own. So that is yeah. something I would not...
0: You get some data on it, like these were the search queries that were targeted, like it could involve your brand. So mostly it's the brand that they were after
2: All right. Talking a bit more about Performance Max. Before we hopped on, we were talking a bit about like search theme. What's search theme within
0: Performance Max? Oh, yeah. I think it happened today or yesterday. So when you are choosing your signals, you can now go and choose your search themes. So search themes would be just Google asking you what search terms are your ideal customers putting in on search. So just put that in and you can give that as a signal, which is something new, which was not provided earlier. We had to create an audience, give all those search terms, and then create that audience and put it in. And now it's directly available on that audience signal tab.
2: Got it. Anything else going on in Performance Max these days?
3: new feature that Google has launched in Performance Max is the brand exclusion. So that is something that could help you prevent Performance Max going after your branded traffic and only focus on getting you new customers through non-branded search or other outbound sources. So that is something interesting add-on to Performance Max. And also another one, it's been a month or two, I believe. Google now shows asset group level data in Performance Max, which is a great addition, I would say. Now we have the clear visibility, like which particular asset group type are working. Based on that, we can optimize our assets or audience signals and modify your targeting. So it, Google is giving us more control over Performance Max, which was previously missing, So which is really interesting
0: yeah there's another feature which is rumored on linkedin is that you can now see where your ads were shown just like how we see it on youtube and display now you can go and see where your ads were shown and all that similar to that before it's just rumored linkedin is always one step ahead of actually google launching that feature so i have to see if it's not. Really or not.
2: one more speculation on search theme from i think this is anthony our recurring commenter. (laughs) Yeah. Do you agree that search theme is a first step in sunsetting and deprecating
0: keywords? Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) I feel like we're making so many disclosures. I feel like I was just telling Daniel, like, have you seen that movie, Don't Look Come? And there's Dr. Mindy and Biaski on the live and is like, you believe me, you believe me, this is going to happen. I feel like that only I'm telling you keywords are going to go away. You have to believe me. And yeah, I'm that sure.
3: I mean, the first step is Google, which has already pushing us for, I think, last one year is upgrading everything to broad match. Now, once we get accustomed with broad match, I think in search ads also, Google will introduce the search theme and which will be like broad match on steroids. Now, (laughs) Google will decide when to show your ads, whom to who to show your ads it would give you certain controls like exclude your brand from a campaign and target brand from another campaign. But yeah, I believe this is where it's going.
0: I mean, Google, one more thing to piggyback on, Surat, was just like, if Google can make your brand keyword broad, okay, this is something we would not usually do. It's already made us go broad on brand. Then what else is remaining? I mean, non-brand is already working really well with brand brand also is hopefully things
3: are going to work well yes and also have you noticed whenever google launches a new products they push it so much and for us advertiser it's really good to try those new features and get those early benefits like when google upgraded shopping ads to smart shopping things went crazy there are a lot a lot a lot of results advertiser were getting I mean, I still miss smart shopping, though. Like, it was so good.
2: Yeah. While we wait to see if Roshna can hop back on, there's another question that came in from Maude. Throw some light on Google ad account suspension issue. Accounts are getting suspended for circumventing and unacceptable business practices, even when you are running lead gen campaigns for real estate business. Have you seen much in the way of Google Ads account suspension?
3: For our accounts, we have not seen anything like that. But I can say if you are complied with the policies of the business vertical that you are running ads to, and you are not a serial policy violator, I think you should not worry about those. But specific niche, which are like very policy sensitive... I would say you should be very, very careful around the policy violation ad disapproval and things like that and try to avoid those as much as you can. For an advertiser, it is very essential, I believe, nowadays to have your business verified and everything that Google asks. asked. I mean, if you are running ads in financial niche, you need to have that financial advertiser verification and things like that to make sure that your account does not get suspended. Also, payment is another thing. You should not be having those payment-related issues where your payment is due and ad stopped running and had been happening multiple times. So stay careful around the policy issues and payment-related issues. I think you're you're good.
0: Yeah, I think Google actually got more strict when it comes to the policy implementation. Recently only, I think I had read somewhere and I would recommend that person would ask the question and go and look for the last one month, I think, announcements on the Google page. And there was this article that I had read was certain criterias which have become more stricter and you have to really follow the policies. Otherwise, your account is going to get suspended. And I was hearing a lot on the LinkedIn also that a lot of people have gone through that. Go read that article.
2: All right. Here's a question. I imagine Sarah is probably a good one to ask her on this one. Does one keyword per ad group, is that a good strategy to keep the campaign in your control, even if we're using automated bid strategy? Sarah, do you have any experience with any gag ads?
3: Yeah, like single keyword ad group structure was one of my favorite structure like two years, three years back i think 2020 21 also i think we used to run single keyword ad groups and it performed really really well now coming back to 2023 now is a time where google is giving more importance towards broad match with smart bidding and everything that has came up with the single keyword ad group structure oftentimes what we see is since we're targeting exacts and phase mostly in that structure oftentimes we see we are paying a very, very high average CPC compared to how much we are paying for broad match. So that is one distinction. But also I would not say it is completely dead. I'm still getting good results in some of this account using this structure. And I did some experiment in some of my accounts where the client was running a single keyword ad group structured before. And I transitioned and tried new experiment using broad match. So now I did that in two campaign. One had a budget, one campaign had a budget of $1,500 a day and another have a small budget of $200 a day. So what I see overall, like the campaign, which had a large budget, Like 1500 a day did really well with broad match keywords because it was getting more clicks and Google was getting more signal to optimize those broad match. But the campaign where I had small budget like 150 a day, that campaign is still doing much, much better with that previous single keyword ad group structure. So I would still say like it's not completely relevant still in 2023. You can try it if you know your target audience, if you know what you are doing and if you have a limited budget. But if you have budget and if you want to expand and scale, I think broad match and this broad match structures are way to go. Because these exact and phrases are not not really scalable after some time.
2: Got it. All right, so kinda of go back to some speculation that we were talking about a little bit previous with keywords going away. And then something that Roshna, you had said as potential topic for today is like making your websites better. Do you see a link or a point where Google doesn't care about keywords, you just give them the web page and it builds keywords based off of the web page?
0: It's already happening. On uh, performance max, it's becoming more like you give your website and certain assets which are going to be created with your website. So you don't even have to give assets anymore. So of course, the conversion tracking is going to be there and everything. But it's already happening and it's these things are already rolled out. And so it comes to a point where you'll not really survive on the Google ads if you don't have a good website. So if you don't have a good website, Google would never know what your audience is. You don't have good assets to test. You'll be already so much behind. So irrespective of how much money you have to throw in there and test, test, test. But if you don't have a good website, you're already going to lose the game.
2: This is getting a little bit like the thing that we're really excited about, SGE. like How important is the website going to be for that? And what is SGE?
0: So SGE is basically search generative experience, which is where Google is moving forward with all the latest AI updates that we've been hearing on the Google search page. So when you go to the search page now, things have changed a lot. Like It's more about the AI is actually giving the responses, although it has always been like AI, but it's more like generative, interactive AI, which you can talk to and you can actually explain what you're looking at. So this changes in a way that we still don't know how it would look like. But we have this glimpse of what, you know, we are moving forward with. So now it's more like there's this above the fold of the page. There's this AI generated content where you have site links to where the content has been pulled. And that's where how the ads are going to get inserted into that. We still don't know. It's how it would look like. So earlier, what used to happen is there's this thing which we know, SEO, where your metadata gets pulled and you rank organically and that's how you used to rank either first, second or third. But now it's not the algorithm which is applicable on the generator of responses, the AI responses. It's completely different. So what are those categories? And if your website is not ready to rank and go through that algorithm, then you are losing. Like You would probably really be on that AI response. So that brings me to the other thing is also like there is this priority placement. So we used to know there is these four ranks on the search, which used to come on the organic, above the organic, which we used to fight for. Now there is another placement, which is more of a priority placement, which is generated by the AI. And so if AI, if you have to rank there, then your website has to be pretty good, that the AI can understand what you exactly sell. So that's why there's so many unanswered questions and one thing that we definitely know is that Google is not going to be something completely dismissing ad structure that's definitely because that's the whole monetization for Google.
2: I mean I think it's probably the biggest ads change for Google. I mean beyond even performance maps like this goes back to probably like YouTube even like a completely different way of advertising within their platforms.
0: So it's a new placement for sure.
3: In fact, Google has mentioned on the generative AI documentation that Google will start testing search ads and shopping ads within that placement. So it would be interesting to see how Google is incorporating the search ads and shopping ads within that real estate. And for advertiser, like how we can optimize our ads so that our ads show up in the generative AI experience is also another thing that I am looking forward to.
0: But that's so contradictory, right? You're asking AI with your full faith that what's the best place to eat? But then this AI is already paid and has already been sold by the advertisers and comes (laughs) with these suggestions that, yo, you can go here and you can go here. So, yeah, this is something that I also need to... See how it would the thing. the test. I think what's
2: what sort of yeah I've kind of been thinking about like the generative experience and I think it's probably just in the next step of like when you ask a question at Google you immediately get other questions with answers that are snippets from web pages and I think it's really important that your own website answers customers questions so that you can become part of that generative experience when it, whether it's organic or paid. The paid part, to your point, Roshna, is like, how do you know when something is organic versus paid? Maybe the paid things are, if we're thinking about asking the place to eat, you're going to want a truthful response in the generative
3: AI. Or maybe it's just deal ads. Like, oh. Absolutely. And what Google cares about most is the user experiences. People who are actually using Google search results, like Google care most about, how the experiment how is their experience above the advertisers always so i think google will introduce some form of quality score like that we have in search ads right now to determine which content is better suited for this generative ai experience and us as an advertiser have to optimize our ads and landing page in such a way so that it qualifies
0: definitely i'm definitely going to be paying more you know to be
3: there
2: and Anthony says to Rosha's point, the game is going to be create a strategy and piping quality data back into the provider for the algos to optimize around it. So how do you as Google, your media buyers across all our platforms that we service our clients, but media buyers tend to have specialties and yours are generally Google. How do Google media buyers who traditionally didn't have to worry so much about create a strategy? This is my assumption, so challenge that if you want. You know, performance max is like starting to get a little bit more t- towards creative strategy but sge is could be all creative strategy how do you change your mindset along the way and adapt
0: with performance max i have to say it's more like i'm testing a specific asset so it's not like i'm just testing one image it's not like that we had this conversation earlier so you remember about the rsa also that there is what matters is the combination right So when you talk about a combination, that's where we come in and we need to give better combinations, right? And so that's when it comes to Facebook, we are like, okay, five ads, this didn't work, this didn't work, what didn't work? We make those changes and put put those creatives back again because of the learning. But here it's more about the combinations of assets. So assets is not just an image. It's also a video. It's also a headline description and everything. So how does a description work in that whole combinations that have been created? Then we give those inputs. So it's more like recently only I saw the reporting on the assets. When it says pending, it's not tested yet. So you can't really do anything about it. And then there is a low rank, and it's good and excellent. So if it says good and excellent, leave it. Do not touch it. If it says low, no, then you have to change, give another so that your AI can go and test that and give you the results. So does that asset really work in that combination that the AI thinks that can be, you know, good? So um, it's more about the combination, not particularly for one creative on Google, I would say. With performance, Max. Game Changers on YouTube. But, uh, what do you think, Sarin?
3: Yeah, I think like with this more and more generative AI and experiences coming, like how we are approaching Google Ads in the past definitely would going to change and we would be more and more focusing on assets and ads, which we are not giving the highest priority, I would say, before. But yeah, that is definitely something would be an interesting aspect going forward.
0: YouTube only, I think, had rolled out this new feature where it can do a video announcement feature, which is driven by AI. So what it does is, I think I'm derailing a bit, but it's very important for people who are watching because this new feature was rolled out and was silently activated on the campaign. So now if you've not already checked, YouTube can take your video Cut short, put it into square in landscape in short and test it. So that feature is silently activated when it was rolled down. It's video enhancement feature on uh, YouTube ads. So it's more like you're giving the permission to AI that you can cut that video and you can then use that landscape video on the shots to test. You can use that as a square video. So yeah.
3: And in fact, in search ads also, like I was seeing this new settings where you can enable automatically create asset and automate, I mean, there's an option where Google decide which landing page to send traffic on. Like earlier, it was only performance max, but in search also, Google now has introduced those. Now Google can create your search ads as they wish and send them to a landing page, which they think best. So that is something, another option, which is been rolled out in search ads as well
2: and this is similar to a question i have our dynamic search ads really generating effective results now and i guess the broader question is i think back with performance max where they would create a video for you and maybe it wasn't very pleasing to the eye or the brand but did those actually also generate results
0: it's i think not broadly used i wouldn't be the right person to say that they have not worked so well Because I've been that person who would rather put in very strategically made video and test that instead of me telling Google, okay, I'll test your video first and collect that data. So have you, Sarit, tested those uh, presentations or videos? I,
3: I would say I mostly stick with the asset which... I created the brand I am promoting the brand had created because sometimes there are restrictions from the clients that we are serving also to do those type of experiments and there are I mean it could create some assets which are not completely suitable for your brand sometimes. I have not extensively tested, but maybe definitely I'm looking forward to test it where I get scope.
0: The so visuals are getting better.
2: And how about uh, dynamic search
0: ads? It's something that is working. And that is one reason why Google decided to, you know, give that option to upgrade to performance mics. Because whenever things work, Google is like, yo, you can test that on performance mics. So dynamic search ad is something that is really working for me because things, when it comes to intent, there are so many intents that, as you said, that, you know, even as we, do, we can always miss out on things. And that's where you can have that DSA campaign running and do that keyword mining for you, like what the AI thinks. And you can always come back as a learning and then, you know, you can go and strategically place that campaign, go after that. So it has always worked with that intent that you need to expand and scale your existing strategy. So that is working. So I would always recommend somebody to yeah, test
3: that. For me also, like dynamic search ads are working really well. And in fact, I quite extensively use the dynamic search ads combined with remarketing audience to create RLSA. And what that does, like you create a dynamic search ads campaign and you target your remarketing audience specific, specifically on that campaign so that all of... If this re- if this remarketing audience that you have, like people who have already visited your website are searching for anything related to your website, Google will match those queries and show up your ads again and help them to come back to your website. So that is something that is working really, really well for me and also have worked really well in the past as well. So yeah, and also Anthony, you are right. I also feel DSAs are going away soon because you cannot create... I recently saw it like I was trying to create a DSA campaign and in the campaign creation process, we could earlier there was option to either create standard or ad group or dynamic ad group. But when you're creating a new ad, new campaign, I didn't saw that feature and it was only the standard ad group. I What I had to do, like, first create the campaign, then create another new dynamic ad group after creating the campaign. But I'm also seeing Google is also sending the recommendation is upgrading your DSA to Performance Max, which obviously tells Google will soon transfer it back to Performance Max, I mean, upgrade it to Performance Max.
2: All right. Well, moving over to the data side of things, let's talk about GA3. Is it still alive? And if not, what do we need to do?
0: So many things. First thing is that the countdown's already started, that until what time you'll have that report and that data, which is you collected, years of data, you need to store that. You need to make sure that whatever metrics, which were going to be useful for you to reference back after that one year, you have that safely put in somewhere. Of course, if you were already optimizing your Google ads on UA, which should have been already updated, one by time you go to GA4, up, import those G, uh, conversion actions from GA4. And definitely one more thing is data collection signals on GA4. If you have not that enabled, that you'll be starting from an empty list. So yeah, make sure that that's already enabled.
2: All right, so it's download your old data that you've collected for years universal analytics it's ga4 turn on the signals and set up your conversion goals was there something else
0: yeah i mean top priorities these are other than that there are always going to be getting your conversion action also imported. your audience is important the reason one is for me i am not really directly optimizing the google ads campaign on ga4 conversion action still i'm prioritizing gtm for that but having a reference point side by side then this transaction conversion action set up on gtm which is a primary is reporting me these mini conversions and the secondary which is imported from ga4 that comparison is always good to have and then when the time right the right time comes you can always switch which one you want to put as primary But having that reference point is very important because I'm only only hearing from every other media buyer that GA4 attribution is going to be very good. So you have to have that smooth transition when you have to switch it from GTM to GA4. So that is something I would also recommend.
3: Also another important thing that I would like to add on top of what Rajna already mentioned. So in GA4, the reports are not I mean in universal analytics what we used to see there are a lot of pre-built reports and there are so many pre-built reports and which made our life a lot more easier but things with ga 4 it's, it's completely customizable and the possibility is endless so what i would suggest all the reports that you are using in universal analytics list those reports down and if those are not pre-built in GA4, create those reports in GA4 that I think that would be, that is another essential step that you should follow, like while migrating for universal analytics to GA4.
2: Great. Thank you. What's coming next with Google ads? I mean, we talked about SGE quite a bit. I have my notes here, some maybe optimization options. What's coming down the pike there?
0: The Google Marketing Live they announced like new days, one of them, was not just for new customer acquisition. You have new goals, which are first is that you have re-engagement goals for so what if you have repetitive customers like your business relies on repetitive purchases from the existing audience, you can get them engaged. So that's the goal of the campaign. So that's going to be very interesting. The other one is the new customer lifecycle goal, which is more about if you want the AI to optimize for high value customers. So that's more like if you know somebody purchases $100,000, that's a high-value customer, you can Google that this is what I want to optimize for. So these are very interesting goals like, as advertisers because the client doesn't care about the CPA. At the end of the day, it's more about the customer, how much money is been acquired from a customer, and that's what matters. So long away and finally heard. Also
3: I think Google is launching few new campaign types there was something called demand generation campaign another one was also there i think i'm not quite remember those but yeah google is also launching new few new campaign types that would also be another interesting thing to test
0: i don't know if it's with you Surin. every month when i'm not updated with this changes i feel like i've just lost touch like i think i'm just not able to go and be you know up to date I have this thing like I, we we as Google buyers. I'm sure that's for happens also, but for fa- Google specifically, every week we have to stay updated. If you're non, then you're already behind. Like there's so many things you can make the most of it, and you know you can improve your results. If you're not
3: updated. Absolutely. And Google constantly, like I follow this announcement section within Google Ads Help and I keep seeing new features and announcements every week. Like right now I'm seeing there is something Google has launched for Gen Z music lovers across formats and device. So that is something I would definitely check. I'm not sure what it is, how it would play up. But yeah, it's an interesting page to bookmark on and to keep updated on announcement page in Google Ads.
2: That's kind of the funny thing also with like all the AI stuff. I'm super into all the generative AI, but it goes so fast. And I always feel like I'm behind, but I'm probably way ahead of where a lot of people are. And I was just trying to always stay up there, see what's going to work within your current workflow. And the fundamentals don't really change for marketing it's all the same marketing strategy creative strategy it's just how we implement them for our clients
0: Definitely,
2: absolutely and i see there's a new ads dashboard interface coming oh
0: yeah that's something is another change that is there that so we are still getting used to it because after so many years of finding certain thing at a certain place that disruption does happen you have to get used to the dashboard And by the end of this year, it's going to be rolled out to all the accounts. So be prepared. So you have to probably look for things in some corner of the interface.
2: Excellent. Well, right about the hour mark, I don't see any further questions in our chat. Thanks, everybody who provided questions. Those are great. and Really got the conversation moving. Sure and Arashna, thank you very much for hopping on. And with the speed at which Google changes things, we have to be a little bit more regular on yeah, these.
0: Like, definitely, I don't
2: even know what's coming. <laughs> I don't even know what happened in the last two months. Well, thank you very much.
0: Uh, A lot can change. Thanks,
2: Tom. And have a good weekend.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Saren. Thanks, Krishna.
2: If you are interested in working with Tier 11, head over to tier11.com. Not only do we offer Google, we offer the full suite of media buying across social and search channels. Head over to tier11.com, and there's a big pink button where you can apply to talk to our team. And if you liked or found this video helpful, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Otherwise, until next time, I'm Tom Meredith.
1: Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes. You know why most agencies fail in the first 30 days? Well, they don't do the work beforehand. And they realize once they start managing ad accounts, and doing all the things that working alongside businesses like yours in order to get you the results that you want, they waste a whole lot of time in the first 30, 60, 90 days, and they're fumbling around in the dark. That's because they have not used what we do over at Tier 11, what we refer to as the strategic growth plan. Now, a strategic growth plan is a deep dive into what has gone on inside your ad accounts and your business with all the important financial metrics that you need in order to scale and grow. We analyze all that, come up with a plan that's 30, 60, 90 days out, and then we use that as our game plan once we start actively managing ads, once we start doing our creative research, once we start doing all our after the click extensive tracking on dev, but the plan is the key. And if you have an agency that is failing you right now, it's probably cause they don't have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So get your strategic growth plan over at tier11.com, hit the big pink button, fill out the application, And we'll be in touch with you on how we can help you scale and grow your business through getting more customers and increasing their lifetime value. That's all we do at Tier 11. Head on over to tier11.com. Get your growth plan today.